So the power outage was my fault, okay? <laughs> I, had to, I had to preach on how Jesus is the light of the world. And he wanted to give us an illustration about how important lights are, right? Uh, so we're, we're excited about talking about these I am statements that Jesus made in the Gospels. And that's what we're going to talk about today is Jesus says, I am the light of the world. These I am's tell us who Jesus is, but they also tell us who we are. He is the bread and I am hungry. He is the vine, I'm the branch. He is the good shepherd and I am the sheep. And today we're going to talk about light. See, I came prepared for the power outage with a candle, just in case. I thought that might happen. Uh, no, but I, th I thought it'd be weird to talk about light without physically seeing a representation of light. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is the light of the world. And that's a big statement. It's a big thing to unpack. Light is an amazing thing that we can take for granted. Uh, from the moment that we exit the womb, we are shrouded in light. Light is energy that we can see. And it's made up of all of the colors of the rainbow and many more that we can't see with our naked eye. Light is fast. It's the fastest thing in the universe. Life itself depends on light. Without light, we have no plant life. Everything would break down if we had no light. Uh, plants have this amazing ability to convert light into food. Without light, the earth would freeze. Even we as uh, humans get nutrients from sunlight called vitamin D. Without vitamin D, we cannot be healthy. Light can even clean. If you have musty clothes or an old rug or, a, a, you know, because you have a, a, a preteen boy or something like that, uh, you just take all this stuff outside and you put it... I'm not talking about Noah. He smells great. <laughs> it's your kids, not mine. <laughs> I went through my head. He's like, oh, crap. He probably thinks I'm talking about him. Uh, but if you put that stuff outside, the sun can take the smell away and kill bacteria. Light affects our mood. How many of you have that like seasonal effectiveness disorder where you get all like, yeah, I get a little bit of that too. It gets, it, it, when it, the low light of winter kind of affects your mood and you begin to feel sad and depressed. And if we get out in the sun in a while or turn on some more lights in our house, we can see the wonders of light. Without light, we couldn't see the world, and the world would literally be a darker place. So with all that in mind, with all the things that light is, let's think a little bit about what Jesus said about light. In John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to them and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In this chapter, Jesus had just forgiven the woman caught in adultery. The Pharisees, these religious elite, had brought this woman to Jesus, wanting to put her to death, but Jesus said that she was not condemned, and whoever hadn't sinned yet could cast the first stone. Well, the Pharisees slowly walk away, realizing that they had just been exposed. They had thought that they were righteous, but Jesus pointed out their sin as well. Now, Jesus is the one that could have cast the stone at her because he never sinned. But instead, he tells her to go and sin no more. 
And this woman's sin had just been revealed to a whole community. It must have been full of shame and guilt. And what was in the darkness was now out in the light. And Jesus goes on to declare forgiveness to her. And just a few verses later says, I am the light of the world. That's a big and a powerful claim. Remember all the things we just talked about that light can do. And if I were to say, I am the light of the world, you would feel like I was being pretty prideful and arrogant. Although I have heard that when I walk in the room, it brightens up a little bit. (laughs) Now, someone might be a bright light in the community, but to be the light of the world, that's going a little far. And Jesus goes on even further. He says, whoever isn't following him, Whoever disagrees with him, whoever chooses to go in another direction, is in darkness. To be in the dark about something today means that you're ill-informed. And if you're walking in the dark, you're going to make some mistakes. The Pharisees had just brought this woman before them to be stoned, and they didn't accept Jesus. And so they walked in the dark about what God was doing. Now, we know that the darkness of evil exists. There is no denying that. There is pain and sorrow and sin and shame around us. And it abounds because of our decision to reject God's way and choose our own. And John chapter 3 goes on and says that people love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil and they want to hide. See, see, darkness, though, can be cold and it can be lonely. And if you hide from God long enough, you're going to feel those effects. But darkness has to flee when the light is present. Darkness cannot overpower light. And Jesus goes on in just a few verses and says, I and my Father are one. See, Jesus wasn't just sent from God. He is God. He isn't just a messenger, he is the creator, and he can say that he is the light of the world because he created the world. And he could say that he is the light of the world because he was the one that said, let there be light, all the way back at the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says that God, who said... Let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Right there it says the same God that said, let there be light wants to brighten our hearts out of its darkness and to give us the light of the knowledge of who Jesus is and to see his face more clearly. Jesus is the light, and in him is the light of life. In him are all the colors of life. In him is what we need to be healthy. In him uh, is what illuminates our sight to see this life. In him is energy and power. In him is the warmth in this cold world. In him is the opportunity to be clean from the muck and mire of this world. He is the light that can change our circumstances, our mood, our outlook, our minds, and our heart. Jesus is the light of the world. 
You know, another amazing fact about light is that it cannot be destroyed. And it can never decay. They tried to kill him. They tried to put him in the grave. And yes, the, st- uh, the sky was dark for a little while and the night came. But then came the morning. The darkness turned to dawning. And on the third day, the sun rose. Death could not hold him. The grave couldn't defeat him. No decay came to his body and he reigns forevermore. We know that Jesus was a uh, Jewish person, a Hebrew person. And in that culture and in that religious experience, in that time frame, candlelight would have been very important to them. And if you've been in a situation, maybe you've been camping or you've been uh, in a cabin or the lights have gone out for long periods of time, you know how comforting light can be. And Jesus would have made that statement that I am the light of the world during the festival of the Feast of Tabernacles. And this was a celebration that reminded them of their deliverance from Egypt, living in the wilderness and how God took care of them. It was also a celebration that pointed towards the future Messiah who would deliver them once more. Jesus was that Messiah that they were looking forward to. This was why they were celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Today, like we saw this morning, we have taken light for granted. And this, if this was, you know, the middle of the night, this place would have been a scary place to be in. There's nothing scarier than a church in the middle of the night. <laughs> There's noises it makes and, you know, it's kind of creepy. But we take it for granted. The streets are lit up. We see down the road far away. Our cell phones even have flashlights on them. But back then, the night could get pretty dark. But a special thing that happened during the Feast of the Tabernacles is they would light these huge oil lamps. they put them on these pillars. And it would illuminate the entire area. And it could be seen from far away. Here's a, a depiction of that. And this would what have happened during the Feast of Tabernacles, during the time that Jesus made this statement, I am the light of the world. This would have been something they would have wandered at, like we might look at uh, fireworks at night. Jesus is declaring that he is the light of the world, and they would have understood this symbolism, that he was the Messiah that this Feast of Tabernacles was pointing to. And maybe they had just seen these large lamps, and this picture was in their mind of this light glowing in the dark. Jesus lights up the darkness. And what Jesus said and what he did, how he performed miracles and how he died and rose again, provokes awe in us and draws us to uh, the light of who he is like a cold stranger to a warm campfire. You know, it's also pretty cool as Jesus goes on. He says first that he is the light of the world, but you know what? He also told us that we are the light of the world. Like the moon reflects the sun, we have the honor and the privilege to push back the darkness around us. You have a little light. No, you're not Jesus, right? You're not the light of the world, but he has given you a light inside of you. 
And we have the honor and the privilege to push back the darkness around us and shine our little light. All of my uh, grandparents passed away by the time I was about 10 years old, except for one who passed away a little bit later, about 18. And uh, I don't remember much about my dad's mother, Mumum, is what we called her, Mumum Wayman. I remember she painted ceramics. If you ever come in my office, there's some Eagles football players, and she had painted them and had rheumatoid arthritis, so it was really hard for her to do it, but it was a special thing that she liked to do. She loved us grandkids. She loved Jesus. And she would tell anybody that was listening about how good God had been to her. In fact, that joy and love of Jesus shone through her smile so much in her countenance that she earned the nickname the Sunshine Lady. That's what people would call her, the Sunshine Lady. It wasn't her charisma. It wasn't her talent. She wasn't particularly known as this tall and beautiful woman. She was known by the fact that she loved Jesus, and because she loved Jesus, she loved people. She let her little light shine. Our light matters. It makes a difference. And we can push back the dark. And you might say, but nobody else is is even noticing that I'm trying to love people and love Jesus. They are noticing. And if you're doing it and you're genuinely reflecting the light of Jesus Christ, you make a difference in a dark world. C.S. Lewis says that I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. If you're a follower of Jesus, it will change, not just that you can see Jesus and have a love of Jesus, but he will begin to change how you see everything else around you. Jesus is the light, not just to help us see him, but that through him, we can see everything else. How many of you realize there are some dark corners of Harrison County? Some places that feel and seem hopeless. But as Lights, we are sent to reflect the light. And someone from Clarksburg Baptist Church ought to be on the front lines of every dark spot in our community, brightening up the place. Whether that's feeding people or clothing people, working in the school system and showing love to people, working in the hospital, being uh, 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 on the front lines of recovery and addiction, housing people, helping immigrants, fostering children, helping people get out of the sex trade, helping people with grief and mental illness. Every single person in this room that is a follower of Jesus has the opportunity to jump in somewhere and brighten up the place by reflecting Jesus Christ. And there are many awesome organizations that are doing amazing work pushing back the darkness a little bit. See, anyone can say, it's so easy to say that it's dark out. Things are getting dark out there. But people motivated by the gospel and what Jesus has done for them are going to go and shine a light in that darkness. If you have questions on how to get involved in some of these organizations that I mentioned that are looking for volunteers, you can ask Pastor Scott. He spent the last year getting connected with organizations that are working to push back some of that darkness. 
We have the opportunity to go and join them and bring the light of Jesus. Now, being a light doesn't mean we walk around holier than everyone else. Bob Goff says that we can be the light in the world without leaving our high beams on and annoying everybody, right? (laughs) Nothing worse in the whole world than someone that drives behind you with their high beams on, right? And we don't have to show everybody how awesome we are or to point to ourselves. No, we don't point to our holiness. We point towards Jesus. In uh, Livermore, California, there's an old firehouse with a light bulb that was installed in 1901. Through the great San Francisco earthquake, that bulb kept shining. Through World War I, that bulb kept shining. Through the Great Depression, that bulb kept shining. Through World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War, the JFK assassination, the MLK assassination, the moon landing, Nixon's impeachment, the Challenger exploding, the Persian Gulf, Y2K, 9-11, the BP oil still, the coronavirus pandemic. Through all of this, this bulb kept shining. Always on, the orange glow, day and night for 122 years. They don't make them like they used to, huh? And that's our opportunity might not be the brightest bulb in the, you know, case. Might not be particularly beautiful, but we can bring a light to the darkness and shine our light even as the years pass. And that's a part of the problem. Sometimes we get hurt and we allow our light to be covered. Sometimes we, uh, you know, have a situation where we get tired and we feel like we get burnt out. The job's too important. And it's it's okay, we need to have seasons of rest, but don't let your light go out. Because we are reflecting the light of Jesus Christ. And even as you age and progress through the normal seasons of uh, life, you can let your light shine. And that's the amazing thing, is that it's not a power within ourselves. Jesus is the light of the world. And we just reflect his light. And it's not a light that just helps us see him, but through him, we can see everything else. If we don't follow Jesus, the Bible says that we're in the dark, and that's a lost place to be. But if you're a follower of the light of the world, it's your job to keep shining. Even when it's dark out, even when you don't see many other lights out there, through the storms and the trials, through the dark times, just keep shining. How do you do that? Simply reflect Jesus to this dark world. Talk like Jesus, use Jesus' words, walk like Jesus, love like Jesus. He is the light of the world. And when we reflect him, we are going to brighten up Harrison County. Very heads bowed and eyes closed. Band's going to come. It's so easy to get distracted by everything in this world. It's dark out there. 
But as lights sent to this world, we don't focus on the darkness. We focus on Jesus Christ, and we take that light out into the darkness. You don't have to do it by your power. You might say, well, I don't particularly know everything about the Bible, or I, you know, I'm not charismatic, or I'm not a good speaker, or I'm not very charming. You don't have to be all those things. You simply just reflect Jesus. Jesus is still a compelling person that brings people to himself. People still marvel at the things that Jesus said, like love your enemies. And how he says that we can be forgiven. And how he says for us to show grace and to put others first. See, the times where the gospel isn't working anymore in our communities is not because of the gospel. It's because we go out there and we shine something else. Whether it's our political party or our personality or the pride that we have in ourselves or in our standards of living or how moral we are, those things don't work. But Jesus still draws people to himself. And we can go and we can shine a light. We can make a difference. As we continue in this attitude of prayer, let God search your heart for anything that's between you and him, any dark spot in you. Maybe you used to be a little brighter for the gospel. Maybe you're just an ember holding on to just that little bit of warmth from years ago. Whatever dimmed you was not worth it. It wasn't Jesus. Maybe it was church people. I get it. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's a relationship with a family member or maybe you're just tired. We're not walking in the light. The dark is a cold and lonely place. There is no better place than right up next to your Savior. Why don't you take the step right now say, God, I'm sorry that I let myself get a little dim. God, I'm sorry that I've gotten distracted and taken my eyes off of Jesus. Help me reflect Jesus to this world. Not so that I walk around with my high beams on, annoying everybody to death so that I can point to you how good you are. Maybe you're here today and you haven't yet become a follower of Jesus. You haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ to save you. We just got to see some amazing baptisms of people that made that choice to follow Jesus. And baptism is them getting up in front of everybody and say, I am a Jesus follower. Doesn't save us. It's, an, uh, it's a, a, the next step of 
obedience after salvation. But they chose to understand that they were a sinner in need of a savior. See, sin broke this world and death and pain and hurt and war and disease and everything evil in this world flooded in all the way back at the beginning of time. And the Old Testament is a story of God giving his people ways to get to him and then failing over and over again. And, and finally, God himself gets off the throne 2,000 years ago. He was born and he lived a perfect and a holy life and he taught and said radical things and he did miraculous things and thousands of people followed him. But then they realized he wasn't a revolutionary in the sense that they wanted him to be. And he died on a cross, allowed himself to be killed in our place. An innocent person died for all of us guilty people so that you can get to God. What he did on the cross is he made a way. He paid the price of our sin debt. And on the third day, he rose again from the grave, bringing our salvation with him. That's the gospel. Jesus in my place. And you can put your faith and trust in Jesus right now, in this moment. You don't have to have a perfect attendance of church, uh, you know, coming to church. You don't have to be a big giver or walk old ladies across the street. It's not about any of that. Jesus paid it all. And you can put your faith and trust in Jesus today. Cry out to him in this moment. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. God, I know because of my sin, I deserve hell. God, forgive me. Turning from everything I held on to, I put my faith instead on you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Words aren't important. It's not a magic prayer. If you make that choice today, I want to encourage you to write that down on your connection card and turn that in where it says there on the bottom, right? I chose Jesus because that is the most amazing thing you could ever do today. Be a follower of Jesus means stepping out of the darkness into a relationship with the light of the world. The one that made you. We love, one of our pastors love to walk through What's next? Because it's not the end of something. It's the beginning of the most amazing journey that you will ever experience. Dear Jesus, we love you. God, shine in our hearts today and help us reflect you to this lost and dying world that is hopeless, searching for identity, searching for some purpose. God, but we already have it. God, you instilled us and you made us in your image. And without that, God, without that connection to you, we'll walk in the darkness. God, I pray each and every person that's in, the, uh, in this room that's a follower of you will shine bright for you. We love you. In your name we pray.